Here I am in Fargo, North Dakota right now at the Howard Johnson Hotel in a, in a tiny little room, kind of skeezy. Um, but, you know, it's what, the, it's what Fargo had to offer. That's all good. Last night, we played a concert in Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of the loveliest towns in the Midwest. Um, great people, great music scene, all that stuff. I got a chance after the Y concert to meet up with my old friend Andrew Broder, and we recorded an interview uh, for an hour or so in the uh, lobby of the Marriott where we were at last night. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that in a sec. But before I just want to introduce Andrew to you guys in case any of you don't know who he is. Andrew Broder had a band for years and years called Fog, um, and they put out. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, I think four records, four four full-length albums um, under that name. And Andy and I also, uh, we recorded an album together uh, that the two of us wrote and recorded together called uh, Jaime's Basement that we recorded in the basement of his wife's old record store that she used to own called Jaime's. Also about Andrew, well, he, he and Mark Erickson, they're in a new band um, with Marty Dosh and Jeremy Elvisacker called, called The Cloak Ox. They have recorded an album that is just fabulous. It's just tremendous, uh, and I can't stop listening to it. They, the, Mark Erickson and Andy were in Y for the recording of Alopecia and Eskimo Snow. Uh, so they played on those albums, and they also toured with Y for a couple years for, for uh, some of the, the touring on those albums. Um, the two of those guys together are pretty much the funniest dudes I've ever met. Uh, that said, the interview is not comedic. It's, you know, we're, it's real talk, trying to get to, to, to the bottom of, of uh, what makes Andy tick. So, yeah, here's, uh, here's our talk. Just saw this guy, like, get, get, get a pizza going back into the elevator just like no shoes on. <laughs> so obviously obliterated <laughs> yeah and like this seems like a party spot could barely sign know? his name you know yeah. like gets back on the elevator hotel party something yeah. about a hotel party it's I like, like it it's yeah. kind of there's something about it that's yeah. really quaint let your hair down what'd you have for dinner um where'd you go I, I ate it at on the bus I've been cooking oh really actually yeah like hot plate, like a hot plate and a toaster oven. So I actually broiled salmon in the toaster oven. Oh shit! It's been good, man. Wow. I I put uh, some pineapple and onion and some spinach. Yeah. And uh, I had I had um, roasted some Brussels sprouts yesterday. So in the toaster, oven. ate those as well. Yeah, it's not bad, man. Yeah, and it, it's and just like. I don't ever think about a toaster oven as being just like a little tiny miniature oven, but that's I guess that's what it, what it is. is. Though. That's what it is, and, and I'm like, when I go home, like, how am I going to go back to a big oven? I'm like, just I have a real nice kitchen, but I might, I might set up all fast, like exactly. I might set up a kitchen elsewhere in the house, man. Have two, have a regular kitchen and a small kitchen, yeah, sub kitchen. <laughs> yeah, get a little Some mini fridge. Do you ever feel like that, like, you don't care about the fact, like, 
that that sort of like keeps you on the bus more than you otherwise would normally be, or you're just like, I don't care. No, I, of course, as you know, you know, you yeah, you know, you have ten people on a bus. Ideally, you know, you spend most of your time apart from those folks, and right. you want to have, you know, you want to go out. That was always my thing. Was just like I gotta, you know, like yeah, wherever it is a destination to get away from the bus. Yeah, you want to get out into the world, but at the same the time, having your own. Being in control of your own food sounds really nice. That's, too. I just ha- I have to do it that way. That's like we, we kind of we, we brainstormed and thought about like okay, what's the best way to do this? Like if I'm gonna be real strict on this diet and all that. Um, what about you, man? You, you, your life is extremely exciting right now. You're about to have your first kid. That's crazy. It's like super exciting but super mundane at the same time because yeah. it's like a great socializer to begin with but like even more so now I can tell I'm like getting into total like bat down the hatches mode or whatever but I don't know that might change I mean I, I, I you know it might happen that once you're having to take care of this baby all the time that it might be the case where when you do leave the house all of a sudden it seems way more awesome like you know Tonight, like you know, there's this after party or whatever. It's like yeah. I have no interest in going. Right. I don't. I I, I could care less about it. Honestly. Right. But I. But maybe when we have a kid, when the once every two month opportunity arises to go to some party, I'll be like, oh my god. Right. I right. gotta go to this party. You right. know. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, what does it even mean? What does a party even mean? Nothing. Once you're once you're once you're coupled, right? This is what like, always been my thing, and I'm not coupled, but. I don't yeah, know. I think I think you'll probably have that a bit if you're always home. You know. Yeah, to... you get a little cabin fever. You know, something like that. But yeah, no, it's exciting. We're doing all like the boring stuff. We went to Baby's R Us today. What are you getting clothes and stuff like that? Stuff, just like yeah. shit that you don't think of. Like you need, <laughs> you know, like you need like a a foam diaper changing pad. What is that? Well, it's just like a a, a piece of contoured foam basically that you put your baby on while you're changing because you can't just put him on like a flat table yeah i got you. <laughs> or he'll roll off or whatever you know so like you got to put him on this thing but then once you get this thing then you got to get like another like towel cloth thing to put on top of it so that when so you can wash and peas all over right. it it doesn't totally like wreck the thing and then you got to get like like, what did the Phoenicians do or the Egyptians right. do? That's, you have all these thoughts, you know, you're just like, man, do I really need all this right, shit? Right, like, right. like, what did we do, right, in the woods, you know? and Before foam came out. Right. Do you have a shaman guide taking you through this, or, or do you guys read, like, you read literature? We're reading, we're, yeah, we're reading, I have this one, I'm reading this one book that's called, like, The Birth Partner, which is pretty, you know, it's, like, comprehensive, like, sensible, you know stuff for me to know but then also like these lists of like here's stuff you probably are going to want to bring to the hospital and here's mm-hmm. stuff you're going to want to have around the house or whatever so that's that's nice that's helpful mm-hmm. and then we're doing this other thing we took these classes that are called hypnobirthing it sounds weirder than it actually is it's it's not that weird it's more like uh it's this approach to giving birth where you kind of do these relaxation exercises okay. and kind of like the fundamental approach or thought behind it is that 
birth doesn't have to be this like painful, agonizing, screaming thing. You don't have to really buy into that. This is a natural thing that your body is supposed to do. It's kind of like hippie-ish. I, but I heard a whole NPR show about that, okay, actually, yeah. recently, where this lady has cabins and stuff, like, you know, somewhere where, where women come. And, yeah, and Julie was reading about this, like, in Tennessee or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like that. It's, you know, so it's got a it's got sort of a new-agey kind of component to it, and it, but I'm, I, I can be okay with that stuff, because ultimately it's just about Julie being comfortable. Right. And I don't know. I, I, I can't see it being anything but positive, so... Yeah. On that level, I think it's made us both a little more relaxed about the whole thing. Just cool. like, do you, are you uh, is is one level of you freaking out at all? <laughs> <laughs> I freak out about like money shit I, yeah. and just like making a living stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean that stuff is is stressful for sure, you know, cuz it's like if you don't have a kid, you can scrape by and there's no real quant- consequence to it. You're just yeah. like all right, barely made my mortgage for another right. month, you know, and, right. and that's that's your life. And it's like, you know, you can manage that way for a long time. But then once you introduce a kid, it's like, you know, you start thinking about school and the future health and health insurance yeah. and, yeah, you know, all this stuff. Even, even, like, a car, a nicer car, you know, you have these thoughts that you would have never had before. Like, right. Oh hey, my car sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I would have never cared about that before, and now I'm just like, man, do we need a nicer car that's safer? And stuff? Yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. thinking about all these things. So, I think as far as the raising a child stuff, I think I'm excited about that stuff. Like that's that's so that's all sitting really well with me. what what kind of father are you gonna be? Are you gonna be like? Do you think you'll be overprotective, or you think you'll be loose, or you you know? Yeah, I don't know that yet. I don't know that yet. I can't answer that it'll yet. Because I, I don't have a plan for it. I can already. T- yeah, I can already tell that I think I'll be a little more. I'll probably be more loose about stuff than Julie is, just in terms of like watching cartoons and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like letting him smoke weed. Yeah, or whatever. weed. Yeah, just seeing, you know. We're going to be blowing it in his ear. <laughs> At two months, I think yeah. they say that that's okay. That's the age. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I have, like, cool fantasy thoughts about throwing the ball around and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. The discipline stuff is just going to have to figure itself out. Sure. I mean, I, sure. I, I mean, I don't want to be the asshole dad but I don't I don't think I want to be like best friend right like when Julie was working at the co-op and I would be there with her and we'd see like the hippie parents and they'd be like now Cedar you know <laughs> like we don't do we don't run around with the cart like that in public why don't we do that you know and they're like being like <laughs> yeah it's like no yeah. I don't want to be that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, I think there's definitely a middle ground man so that's all happening now, and the other thing that's that's uh, fairly new is you have this band. It's not new, new. It's about a, a year, probably a year, a little more than more a than year, a year. Yeah, a year and a half, almost yeah. two years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you finished this album just pretty recently, yeah, a couple months ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, Cloak Ox mm-hmm. is the name of the project, mm-hmm. and I heard it once, and it's really fucking good. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. And I can't wait to listen to it again. Yeah, I mean that. What, what's your what's your thoughts about it? Do you have expectations? Do you have like? Uh, I 
don't know, man. I'm trying to not have too much expectation, but you know, you, your fantasy mind does go to that place where you want people to hear it and react and like it and yeah, you know, do, sure. do all that. So I'm really proud of the record, and I think it's you know, I like it a yeah, lot. I keep yeah. I keep listening to it, and I listen to it a lot, and I keep waiting for to some moment to happen where I decide that I don't like it and it doesn't happen, you know, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's going to come out and most days you'll catch me and I'll just be like, I don't care what happens because the notion of how to make something happen with a record at some at this point, especially now, right now, is so abstract to me that I just can't even think about it. I do can't, you, you know. Do you feel like you're kind of over that whole world after, you know, after all the years and all the different records and all the different whatever labels and the way things went? Sort of. Do you feel like you're kind of like, it's kind of dirty to the waters, kind of dirty? <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way, sort of. Like, I don't know, man. Like I say, it's such a day-to-day thing. Like, there, there are certain days when I'm just like, God damn it, you know, this shit is... This is really good. I feel like it's undeniably good, mm-hmm, and I don't mm-hmm. see why I shouldn't try. And when I say try, I'm talking about just, like, doing the things that bands do, you know, go on tour. But you, would you even want to do all that? You know, if, especially you got a kid, you know. Right. I would do it to some degree if it made sense. Everybody in the band is distinguished older gentlemen. Nobody's yeah. trying to go out on the road for no reason. Yeah. I, I just, I, I honestly, I really can't say, and I've... I have found over time that the more I think about it, the more it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, my strategy going forward has to be... I mean, I'll I'll think about decisions that need to be made in terms of... That's... I'm sorry to interrupt, but that that's you mean that's been how it's been in the past. Like the more that you've festered on it, or whatever the word is, yeah. the, the, the less it's worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more I've tried to like strategize. Yeah, you know, this is why bands have managers yeah. and people that kind of strategize on their behalf. I never had that, and so I always figured I would follow my own instincts on all that stuff, and rarely were they correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right, And yeah. I, I know that now, and I can accept that yeah. and be okay with that and sort of at peace with it, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'm basically in the same position now just with that knowledge, so right. then what do I do with that? Do I, You know, I don't want to, like, do nothing. I mean, you know, it's like the album's done. I could put it on band camp tomorrow right and be done with it right you know and right. just be like here you go fuck it that's it this is me putting an album out yeah yeah <laughs> you know? but it's like there is the thing that keeps you from doing that which is you know uh, it's good you know that's it's good why. yeah you You're know like, it's good you're like you listen has, to it and you right you think you, it has value you want and, it to reach people right and you know I think I, the thing that's frust- not frustrating but it's just weird is that you know it's very difficult to get out of your circle it's so hard to play it for strangers because it's yeah. like, who am I going to play this for? You know, it's you can't solicit people you don't know to listen to it and give you an honest opinion about it, or it's really hard to do that as the artist yourself. Right. right. So ultimately, you're playing it for your friends. And it's not that I don't trust my friends, but you know, if you're somebody's friend, it's hard to listen to something totally objectively. Sure. You know, you can. You can still say, well, I like this less than I liked the other thing you did or whatever. But, you know, your friends love you and they care about you and they know what led up to this. And so they're listening kind of with all that in mind in the back of their head, whether they want to or not. So I always kind of feel like I want somebody I don't know to hear it 
yeah. and who has no idea about anything I've ever done to hear it. And then I want them to tell me what they think it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then that might give me a little more clarity as to what should be done with it. What, what about the rest of the band? I mean, they, they're, they're like, they're guys that are, are in the music scene and they, you know, do they have ideas about where it should go? I mean, they're, they're all happy with the record, right? They're all really happy with it, but I think that everybody, each, each member of the band approaches the way they go about doing music in a really different way. Uh, Marty and Jeremy, by the fact that they play with Bird and Jeremy plays in like 20 other bands, Marty does Dosh. This is Andrew Bird. Andrew uh, Bird. Two of the guys in the band are, are in Andrew Bird's band. Yeah, and they tour with him a lot, and they played on his records, and, and they all do... That's, that's how they make their living. That's how they make their living, yeah. and, and, that's, and they also do a, a lot of other stuff, so it's like they're in music world way more than I'm in music world, and Mark, too. Mark, I, you know, this is more or less... Uh, Mark does one or two other things, but he doesn't. He doesn't really play in a bunch of other bands. He doesn't do a lot of gigging. He's not like a gigging. It's a gross word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel fairly removed from music world. You know, I have friends that do music, but I, I also have friends that don't do music. And I, on a day-to-day basis, I don't feel like I'm existing in music world so much. You know what I mean? You know, their vantage point is going to be different than mine. Uh, I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask them. I just don't know if they have the same sort of, like, skepticism about the whole thing. Because in a way, because it's working for them in a way that is practical. You're also, historically, Andy... You're a lot more negative than those guys <laughs> that say, say Marty Dosh. I mean, come on. Right. Of course, he's going to be optimistic about things because that's his nature. Right. That That's true. Yeah, I guess I do have a deep distrust. Right. <laughs> but, you, but, but, but there, is, there, there are some real reasons why you may have feel that way about the music industry you've had not that you've been like you know you didn't you didn't sign like a like a hammer contract or whoever <laughs> whatever one of those guys got duped like right. that but but like you know things just never really worked out like i think you thought they would and like i thought they would yeah but i don't i don't know if that's like an industry <laughs> thing like at, like my instinct as as like a person and and a musician was always to react in a real opposite way to the thing that I had done previous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And, and yes. like that that isn't the smartest way to go about a steady build of a career in music. What is that though within you? Like Oh, you, you like this thing I do? Fuck you. Right. <laughs> that's that's you know exactly it. I, I think you do have that. I, I totally have that, yeah. and I don't know. I can't explain what that is. I think if I had to think about it, which I will right now, <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I don't know. So the more I think about it, the more the weirder I think it is, because I'm not uncomfortable with people liking something that I do, but... Um, maybe a part of me is. Maybe a part Deep of me down feels, self-hatred or something yeah, is that like what that? It is? Like, I, don't I don't know, know man. I... There's some part of me that squirms around if uh, somebody says, you're this. I hate that too, yeah. I, I, and I don't. And that's kind of like... I don't like to be pigeonholed as anything. I don't even know if it's like a pigeonhole thing, though. I think it's just like... Uh, um, because no one, nobody is one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe that's not it either. I I don't know. It's a real hard 
thing to explain because you because you you nailed it when you said like the fuck you thing, you know like there is there's like a there's a hostility because to me I think the most exciting thing is like defying expectations like I find that the most exciting in other yeah artists I think maybe that's what it is is just like chasing some whatever the next thing is and and and, like, and, and truth be told you know nothing. You or I, you know, not, no one work can really define all the things you have inside you, right? All the feelings you have inside you. So th- this I can agree with you with. It's like you, you do one thing and then you feel like people like that or whatever. And then I can see that maybe you would want to like, well, that's not the whole story. You know, like right. that's only just one part of me. You know, right. that's only one part of me. And then, okay, here's another part of me. You right. know, I mean, the other part of it is I think, think it's like, think I think I, my tastes change pretty fucking quickly. Like, yeah. I, I think that's more of like a function of attention span or, or I'm sure you feel a similar way where, you know, you look back at earlier things and you just feel like, oh, that's embarrassing, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, how far back do you have to go to start feeling embarrassed? Because <laughs> it's like that for me, but I got to go back to, for me, a couple things on Elephant Eyelash, or several things on Elephant Eyelash, and then things before that. I can hear things that I think are cool about all of it. Like, I can, I can hear ideas, even if they're executed in a really awkward way. Yeah. I can be like... I know what I was trying to do there. I, I may not have succeeded, but I know what I was trying to do, and I think that somebody on the outside could hear it and and, and feel like it was compelling somehow. So, I, you know, I I think the stuff I feel embarrassed about is, like, lyrics. Yeah. You know... You, Me too. That's, that's, the, that's the most cringing stuff. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. hear stuff that you wrote when you were really young and yeah. you just didn't really know yourself or know anything you're just kind of trying to put something down and it's but you have to remember that that's what 99% of anybody who writes a song ever is doing is just sort of like awkwardly you know trying to trudge through the the emotions yeah 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 yeah. it's all it's all kind of trite and you know or a lot of it is so I but I hear old stuff and stuff that I'll have people still be like wow that's you know that's one of my favorite records and I'll be like it's terrible. Do you do you have like a fa- favorite stuff that you did? Like like I I have certain songs yeah. like that or certain you know even like a verse or something that I'm like oh I really nailed it there. Mm-hmm. What do you have like that that like that you feel proud of like songs or even a whole album? Well, like Ether Teeth is really good to me. Like I have a really good feeling when I listen it's to it. It's a very unique album. It is. It is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. It, it has a like feeling from front to back. Like yeah. I get super sentimental when I listen to it in a good way. Not everything on it is great to me, but it's it has a feel. Now, and rumor like, has it you were on opium the whole time. <laughs> that you were... no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Only a few times. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a major influence on the record. It was more weed than that anything. Is, is, yeah, it's a very, like, just very unique. And, you know, I understand why something like that didn't like explode and blow up because it's very quiet and it's very subtle that said it's one of my favorites as well yeah it like it's so layered and it's so like there's just beautiful melodies and there's no um pandering i think out of anything i've done that that has the most like cohesive vision from front to back where everything makes a certain amount of sense sonically and it's like i knew what i wanted to get and got it you know and, and all the other, like, Fog records, I kind of feel this feeling of, like, disjointedness where there's good ideas all over the place, but they don't necessarily connect in a way 
that leaves the listener satisfied. And maybe that's its own thing. And I think that was its own thing. I think that's what drew whoever liked it to it was yeah. that kind of like, uh, you know, it's sort of like there's, there's like a tension to it where you want something to get to the top of the mountain and it doesn't quite that's, get there, you know. In like a way, it, that's another one of your, like, that's another one you saying, like, fuck you, I'm not taking you to the top of the mountain. Like, right. like I'm going to show you that it exists. And then, but I don't know that I was trying to do that. Okay, I, okay. I, I think that there's a lot of instances where I did want to go, yeah. and I just didn't know how to execute it, partially because I was doing everything myself. And you just can't, like, you can't make this, like, epic-sounding thing if you're playing all the instruments yourself and right. a bunch of them aren't even instruments you right. know and so right. it's just like it sounds like this weird mishmash and then even with like you know ditherer stuff again it's like I think that there's really good ideas I think that some of those songs are really good but something about how it's put together when I listen now it seems um, cluttered and it's really seems, yeah. And I it, mean, I, I think that one it's it's a very different record, but that one is a, is also great. And to me, you know, that one is more like pop songs in a row kind of thing, you know, or that that kind of yeah. mentality more like yeah, yeah. it is you, that you mentality. Crafted the songs, yeah, and then you later figured out how to put it together. E- Ether Teeth feels more like. Um, like an all-encompassing right. experience. Yeah, yeah. That was more just like, okay, this is a sonic palette that I want to work with, and this is this mood that I'm going for, and it, it, you know, and I, it really clicked. Yeah, dither. I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, that's like that's a great record, though. Don't don't. It's good. I just don't have like the fondest reminiscences of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think the songs are really good. I can listen to the songs and be like, yeah, those are like cool. Do you think, in a way, you were you were you were at a point where you were trying really hard at that yes, point to like to make work. something that's, break that's through? I know you had considered changing the band name at that point, <laughs> yeah. several times throughout your career. You right. considered changing the band name. Yeah, I've I've always considered changing the name of every band. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, I, that's that's the perfect way to put. Even the record before that too, uh, Tenth yeah. Avenue Freak. Yeah, I feel like it's all trying too hard because. After the first record, so the first record, the self-titled record, had this energy, like you were, your shit was going to explode, and that's how I felt. It was like you know, and that record, it had hype on it, and like you yeah, know, it did reasonably well for it, somebody's first record. Exactly, yeah. you know, I think there was that feeling. So yeah, I'm talking about the, I need just to close the restaurant. Okay. You guys can take you like these drinks. Uh, yeah, like just out in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was saying that the inertia from the first record allowed you to do basically whatever you wanted. I mean, you, you, Ninja Tune, did they, did they have a certain, like, did they tell you anything about what they wanted for the next record? Or was it just kind of like, here's, no. here's your budget, do your thing? Yeah, they were, like, super cool. Like, I, in retrospect, I, they were, like, they treated me with respect as someone who had something to say and they let me do my thing and like flexible I mean I think what it what it was though kind of going back to the thing where you're reacting to yourself in sort of an opposite way like the first record had a certain sound where you know it was kind of like a singer songwriter with turntable stuff and I think that you know they they thought it was going to have like a sort of a Beck type quality mm-hmm. to it like a collage sad, sad type songs mopey kind of songs but with like sonic collage yeah 
stuff going and, on. And, and you kind of resent you know? people for liking that. Yeah, and it's just because I'm a dick like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's because like I don't like Beck. Like I never yeah. liked. I never cared for Beck's music particularly. Yeah, sure, so sure. When someone is telling you like, yeah, you should be like this, and you're like, but I don't like that guy. You know. Yeah. It's stupid, and, you know, if you have perspective on it, you could just let that stuff roll off and be like, well, sure, you can think that if you want. I don't think that, but go ahead and think that if that's what it takes, you know. That's that's how a mature person would react. But when you're 22 or whatever, you hear that stuff, and you're like, fuck Beck. Right. I don't like Beck. <laughs> right. So, fuck you. I'm going to make this album that sounds nothing like all that other shit. So then... But two, I mean, again, it's just like a function of like tastes evolving, and it's you know, I think you make shit partially because you want to mimic the stuff you like, you know, like it, it does come down to that simple of a thing. And I think at that time, I really liked that Lamb Chop record that came out, and like Idaho and real, all this real stuff. Quiet, that, yeah, like stuff. all this stuff with piano in yeah. it, and you know, and I was just like, ah, this stuff is really appealing to me, and I just wanted to make stuff that sounded like that, you yeah. know, and. So I did, and everybody at Ninja Tune liked the record, you know, but I think they felt like, well, we don't really know how to sell this to our audience. This is a label that was already taking a huge chance by having <laughs> anyone that that had, like, actual, like, singing songs. Right, that's true. This that's is, a good this point. This is an electronic label that did dance music right. exclusively. Yeah, more or less, yeah. And they had a couple, of like, rap things. Yeah, but... The thing about it was that the thing that I ran into that, that did frustrate me at the time was that Ether Teeth had what I considered and still consider like a lot of really like not I don't pat myself on the back, but innovative use of the turntable yeah, in music. Absolutely. There's as much or more turntable on that record yeah. as there is on the first record. It's just not presented in the same way where it's like right. obvious like, hey, I'm scratching here, you know. And so for that reason, I felt frustration because it was like, no, I'm still doing what I started off doing, which was incorporating turntables into songwriting and other instruments. But it's just not like there's not a, there's no beats. Like I said, it's a subtle <laughs> you know? record. It's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. It's like there's there's not a lot of like, OK, this is obvious. I'm nodding my head. There's a scratch. There's I can tell what's happening here. You know, it's a lot more amorphous and stuff like that. So. I, I think I, I kind of got annoyed at that time feeling like, you know, I'm, I made this cool thing and it's got its own feeling and, you know, but and, but they were kind of saying, well, this is really good. We really like this, but we don't know how to sell it to our audience. And yeah, you know, and then little I can think of very few people that would like other Ninja Tune shit that would like right. that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and they're the kind of label that just they and good for them because they're still around, so it's like I respect them a lot. They who has an audience, you know yeah. what I mean? And, they have and, a style. Yeah, and so, like, the, and probably most of their sales w at that time would have come from people who were already fans of yeah. the label. They, yeah. they, so stuff that was on their label would get out a little bit to people kind of outside of their realm, but not a ton. Yeah, so that record was sort of a mix of, like, there were certain people at the label that were, like, it was their favorite record and they loved it and really behind it and there were other people who were like yeah this is good but we don't know what to do so it kind of came out and that was sort of like my first experience in putting out records like in the music biz of mm -hmm. feeling like a sense of 
disappointment. Everything else up at that point, up until like, that oh point, had, God, been like like a, yeah, yeah. had been like a pleasant yeah. surprise that I yeah. wasn't planning for. Right. You, you made know? you made the first record on a four track. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's I is like everything was like really rolling, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like it wasn't like I I wouldn't call it a failure, but I would call it like things changed course then, and everything. From that change of course, kind of kept changing course. That it, it knocked the trajectory off to where there wasn't any stability anymore, and then everything that came after that kind of just felt a little bit like trying to find my footing again or something. Do you, do you think if you would have made like the song "Pneumonia" on the first record, like in my mind, that's probably why they pick that up he's like you hear yeah. that song and it's like just a really good pop song that is it a good i don't want to say song, i don't want to say i don't want to leave it at that but like because yes, when i is. think yes, pop song is. i think here's what i think catchy yeah that's a very catchy song is it there's yes. no like chorus or anything there's not really even like a discernible i don't know like, what it is about that song but that song kind. i don't know what it is but that song <laughs> is like i mean I'm, I, that's cool it, I, I appreciate when you hear you that song it, but, and and from that day when i you know the, from you know, 2001 or whenever that was. Sure. Until now, like, that song still... I'm not saying it's the best thing you've ever done. You know, look, you, you, were, you were very young, and it has that, like, I'm just discovering how to layer things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But, right. like, in a, in a way that, that feels really fresh. Right. And you were using the turntable in a very playerly way, mm-hmm. you know, sort of sloppy here and there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't really hear that elsewhere. I, I, right. I didn't hear well, that. Well, it was, like, that was, like, the most succinct distillation of what what I was trying to do then which yeah. was to mix I mean to be really dead obvious about it like I really liked Radiohead and I really liked battle DJ shit like right. scratch pickles right right yeah <laughs> those were like the two things <laughs> yeah. that I loved at that point so it was like okay Radiohead scratch pickles but 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 together, it was also you know, and, and but but was it was it. it was also unintentionally just by the nature of things it was lo-fi mm. you know and like right. it had that grittiness it sound it like right. and it that's like the unintentional personal. stuff yeah that's the shit that it's like at the time like i'm not making it being like this is lo-fi but you're just like oh i just made this thing and that's part and, of what i connect to is like i always liked hearing like a real person and I didn't even know you that well then mm-hmm. it's like but you you know you can hear that this is a real person and there's you know I mean there's just some lines in there that just are just sort of heartbreaking and right. you know it, like right. you obviously was going through we're going through some shit yeah and, it's awkward but it's it's touching I, I like that so I hear it now and I'm like it's nice you know it's I'm cute. just saying I think you know like they heard that and they're like oh shit this dude yeah do you think like if you would have followed that up with another thing that was the same shit, but, right. but like the next one like that, do you think it would have popped off? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? yeah. Who knows? That's impossible to know. But I mean, it, it would have been probably. I mean, it probably would have made certain things easier. I just. I can only say. I can only point to what I see in other people's work and stuff where if you change a little more incrementally and a little more um there's just more stability there you know and you kind of not saying shit has to have like a formula 
don't know. I'm trying to think of like a people, good example. People like, want to want to want to know a little bit about what they're getting when they go back yeah. to, back to the artist that they that yeah. they liked the last record of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It, you cannot have a realistic expectation that you can totally completely change the sound of what you're doing with each thing that you put out. It would be like if you had a restaurant and for a year you had you served Italian food and then you shut down for a week and then reopened and right. served French food and expect the same customers to come and expect, back. Yeah, and I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it, what it's you just, don't you don't like the fucking vichyssois? <laughs> what you want the fucking spaghetti? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Yeah, in retrospect, all these things make perfect sense. But at the time, you're just like, why don't you accept this? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and I did it in a, in a somewhat different way. I guess it was like, you know, we had the Anacon thing, which was like the very slow, very steady thing. You right. know, it was like everything was budget, but we just kind of kept cracking at it. And well, and you had the benefit of having a group of somewhat, at least at that time, like-minded artists who had a similar aesthetic and you were able to kind of push it under this umbrella and you yeah. give it an identity and I, like you I know I mean as helps. you know that's a blessing and a curse absolutely I think that helped a lot really early on um and I think after a while it became a bit of and not that it was a burden for us but it was just kind of like it didn't do anything for us right. after a while it was right. like and then we were so different from anything else on the label it's at a certain point yeah you know yes early on we were all we all kind of had a similar thing going and then yeah after after a point it was people weren't coming to Y Records because of Anticon I think after, no. after a certain after Elephant Eyelash let's say you know right I mean and I, I think that's due to a lot of things that's due to music industry is changing to where the label doesn't quite matter the label identity doesn't quite matter so much anymore yeah. it just still does to some agree with some stuff but like i think people just change people like audiences like you have to put yourself in the shoes of fuck as a music listener yourself and myself you know like i don't listen to the same shit that i listened to right. five years ago no you know no me neither most people are the same no, way so to an extent i have to my, an extent, i know that yeah yeah okay you, you have your old favorites that you i'm gonna go retract to. that because most of the things i listen to are 10 years old but i think most people go through phases sure with music uh, you know, yeah, everybody has their favorites that they cling to, but, you know, you, as an artist, you're not always so lucky as to be that favorite thing that somebody clings to. You might be that thing. You might be that one thing that somebody listened to for that one summer. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, everybody yeah. has a lot of music like that. If you're a, a music listener, like, you're like, oh, God, man, there was that one year where I listened to ska punk. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought it was the greatest shit, and now you're just like, what the fuck? I listened to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I think the, the, the best you can do is infiltrate a child's brain at the age of, like, 13, 14, 15, mm. because at that point... That's the age right there. They, yeah. will, they will keep coming back to you even if it's just for the nostalgia of the way they felt at that time in life. There's, for sure... Young and free, you know, so they yep. go back and they associate young and free with one of your songs, yep. and then they, they keep coming back for more. That's, that is, that's Even though they should know better. That's why all I listen to is 90s rap. Exactly, and I, I go back to 90s rap, too, and, like, if... De La Soul was coming to town, I might consider it, you know, yeah. even though I'm 33 years old at this point. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I like new rap. I'm back on rap. That's a, a good transition to make into that. And yeah. I'm, I'm And I'm curious who you like, what you're listening to, because you've always 
influenced my tastes a great deal, and, and uh, I'd like to know someone that I can get down <laughs> I think I think rap is great now. I think it went through, like, a dark ages, seriously, basically from... I don't think I listened to rap, like, new modern rap from 2001 until about 2009. Okay. And, like, the thing that brought me back to it was the Lil Wayne mixtapes, because yep. I had friends who were like, you gotta listen to this shit, you gotta listen to Lil Wayne. And I'm like, I didn't believe them. Same here. Because I'm just like, that's, the, that's like the kid rapper yeah. that was in the source, and you'd laugh at him because he's a little kid, and he's right. funny. And they're like, no, you gotta, you gotta listen to Lil Wayne mixtapes, and so I listened to him. Fuck, this shit is really great, you know, like he's really rapping his ass off, it's awesome. And so I started listening to that stuff, and I think that that kind of like, that sort of brought me back into it a little bit to like, I, I kind of like the whole like mixtape, there's so much new shit every day, like, I kind of like that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like this new, it's totally the opposite approach of how I would think about putting out music and records and stuff That's where you just you know but I kind of appreciate that about it it's more just like it's just closer to reality in a certain way it's not so obsessed with laboring I mean there's definitely something to be said with like laboring over a vision for a really long time and crafting a record over a really long time but there's also something to be said for just like making a song every day putting it out there it's just there's just something more like street level and kind of real about it where it's just sort of like people talking to each other and it's more like the the voice it's more like the voice of the people and sort of in in a way it's more like direct communication as opposed to like statement from the mountaintop that somebody took five years to make. I know, and you know, I, the, you know, there's like there's va- there's validity to all of it. But I, like, I struggle because I, I I agree. Like I like stuff that's made fast and, and whatnot. And I personally struggle. I can't. I'm not easily. I don't do that easily. Right. Look, we did that Jaime's basement record real fast. Yeah, it can happen. That's like a mixtape, and that's I in like, a way it was. Yeah, I like that. Like, album right, that a was lot. the approach exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, it can happen. I just have to be pulled out of my discomfort zone, you know, into mm-hmm. a zone of being able to work faster. Mm-hmm. But, like, with all, like, the, the rap shit, like, the modern stuff, like, I, I like a lot of the, like, Waka Flocka, Gucci Man. Is that good stuff? To, to me, it's like, yes, it's really good. It's not good in the way that you learned to love rap music, which yeah. is like, wow, this guy's an amazing lyricist. Or, Are they saying interesting stuff though? Because like, no, like not, with Wayne, I, well, with Wayne, I, 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 uh, I got into it, and I, I think you know, there's right, enough because he has some stuff that's smarter than yeah. some of his other shit. No, a lot. Of, I mean, well, there's a lot of like nihilism and kind of you know, like yeah. You, I mean, I always get bugged when people get hung up about people talking about money and cars and violence and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's like, yeah, I get it. I understand why that's unrelatable and not healthy. But, well, one, I, I look at some of that stuff as just kind of like, just sonically, it sounds really good. Yeah. The voice sounds really good. The yeah. accent sounds cool. The way that people use their voice rhythmically sounds cool. It's basically like shit-talking. There's an art to shit-talking. Right. And if you're talking shit, you don't have to be saying the most profound thing. Right. And you don't have to be like a great poet, and you don't have to be like saying something that's going to uplift me and change my life. You can be talking, you're talking shit. You're, you're Does this feed into the, the negativity that is Andrew 
broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes me actually feel like happy. You know, yeah. I think it's like happy to listen to like Waka Flocka or something like that. It just kind of like it puts you in sort of like a chipper mood. It's like you know, it's the same reason you listen to like death metal or something like that. It gets you kind of like I can't amped. relate to the death metal thing. I, I've, but it serves a similar purpose. Yeah. You know, where it's like it, it, it channels something like aggressive and like outlandish. But I can relate. I can relate to the rap thing, and I you know I listen to. I listen to the rap station in my car most of the time. Yeah. You know, I don't know who's who necessarily all the time, but I'm sure I've heard those guys. Yeah. I'm just a sucker for, like, phrase for... I don't really care what you're talking about. I think that, like, phrasing is cool. Yeah. Accents are cool. Regional accents are cool. The way that people use their accents to rhyme words that shouldn't rhyme is cool. I like that, too. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I, I, I like all that stuff, so it's... I, and I dope don't beats. I mean, you know... Yeah, and the beats that, are great. Like, that's the thing. It's like, like, it has to be a unique beat. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing about, like, rap production is that it should be gimmicky, I feel like. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Well, a lot of that stuff is funny because it's like all those beats... They do get really redundant, but there's something, there's, like, one thing that separates each one from the next one where you're like, that's what makes this one stand out. It's strange music, man. Like, modern rap is really strange. Like, if you just kind of take it, like, in a vacuum, you're just like, damn, this is fucking weird, you know? I was just having a conversation with Brock upstairs, you know, um, Astronaut's manager, Mm -hmm. and, like, we were talking about ghostwriting and stuff like that and why... Why you can't really ghostwrite for rap? I mean, you can, I guess, but why it's different than, say, the country music scene where none of the writers are the singers, really. Right. right. Or, 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 you know, the old Tim Pan Alley thing, which is really what pop, like, other pop music. I mean, rap is pop now, I guess, to an extent. But, like, you know, when you talk about, like, Kelly Clarkson or these mm. type, whatever, pop stars... They don't write any of their own shit. And I think what we what we kind of came upon was that, like, with rap, like, it's hard to tease the song away from the songwriter. I mean, there is ghostwriting in rap, I know, but it I think it's harder. Yeah, It's I, like a shameful thing. It is a shameful <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, you're not supposed to know that that goes on. Yeah. I, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like a good rap song tells you... It tells you a lot about the rapper without them having to explicitly say it. I think you can hear something about somebody's character even if the vehicle they're using is talking about their jewelry or right. whatever. It still is is from the standpoint of their own personality. Yeah. In a way. As yeah. opposed to like, you know, Shania Twain, you know, she's singing a song and it's about love and it's about universal stuff like any yeah. couple that might get together right. you know? which is like that and that's like pop shit yeah. too which is cool I mean like that's like when I think about writing songs now I'm more interested in that thing where I'm not in, I mean the craft yeah the craft but but the listener I'm interested in having the song feel like it's about the listener and that they, something that they can relate to within their own personal life? Yeah, or even something that somebody could hear and even just imagine something. Especially, like, with this new shit. I'm trying to get away... I mean, obviously, I'm writing from me and taking things that I've seen and done and thought and whatever. You know, you can't get away from it entirely. But, like, I'm trying to put things in a way that's more... It's not about me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not... I, I don't want to do like a confessional thing yeah uh, because I just don't think I'm that interesting <laughs> so I think that I want to write stuff that the listener can feel like is about them because that's what I feel you know if you listen to like Bob Dylan songs that's why Bob Dylan songs are effective is because you feel like they're about you 
you know. Right, but they, but I, I think he arrives at that by using some personal clues. For now, sure. Not, not to say that not to say that they're like too deeply embedded in his personal life because I don't think generally they are. He uses enough masks and whatnot, right. but like, right. but I think there's enough personal detail that someone listening can feel like it's reality. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that that's kind of a key is like, right, you include enough little details and things that you pull from day-to-day life mm-hmm. and even things you've seen or heard or experienced or even just heard somebody else say, you take that and you infuse everything with that. That's, you know, where you get all your imagery and ideas from. But the final result, I want it to be something that's that, yeah, that anybody could hear and speak to their own experience you know yeah. so it's just yeah. not like yeah that's the, that's definitely you know. the goal is that you want the listener to be able to relate 100 percent. i mean not necessarily even relate to the exact thing that you're talking about but that they can incorporate that into their what what's going on in their life yeah so i mean in i don't know how that relates to modern rap music exactly that doesn't because we started talking about Shania Twain. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the thing about the thing about rappers is they. I think a lot of times they do say sort of universal stuff about you know. I mean, a lot of the, now it's really about the desire for wealth, right? A lot of it for is the most part. Yeah, a lot of it is, but the, a lot of it's not. I mean, I think that there, you know, you. I'm not saying that's a negative thing. Like that's. I mean, there's but there's ways of not talking new about subject that. matter. That, no, it's not. It, it, I think there's ways of talking about that that are still compelling. Like this guy Ka. Have you listened to him? Adam's really yeah. him. He's amazing, and you know, and he, the subject matter he's talking about is not too dissimilar from you know what. But it's about individual style and flair. For sure, that's the it's thing his own about style rap and flair, as yeah. opposed to like as yeah. opposed to country music or something where it's like really about the song. But he he's also taking like um little images and stuff that make it feel more it, it just makes it feel like deeper like his stuff like goes a little deeper he's like a good writer yeah he is yeah. he's just a really great writer you know like or uh yeah Sorry, so we're, we're in the uh we're in the uh lobby of the marriott here so we have a bunch of dishes uh, talking <laughs> um yeah who else is really good though shabazz palaces you like them I, you know, I I need to get that record. I, I don't have it, Incredible. and uh, I need to get it. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, you like him? Yeah, I do like Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. I li- I really like that record. Yeah, I think it's that record. yeah that full thing. I need to get and hear the whole thing. I've heard a few songs, and yeah. I've heard like mixtape stuff. And he's really good. He's a great rapper. Yeah, yeah. So I think that like yeah, rap is like awesome. All of a sudden, it's super exciting. I don't like anything new that's out that I listen to is like rap pretty much like there's not like a new rock band that I'm like excited about at all yeah Yeah. there's like nothing yeah and I hear rap shit and it's like yeah it's cool like it's good you know is that the way things are are going in the in the uh I don't know I always feel like there's like I don't want to say under an underground level but there's always like some level of people doing shit that that like because it's not none of that rap shit by any means is underground that we just talked about no except Ka maybe yeah, um, yeah, he's probably yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's there's always like some like shit brewing that you know like Kendrick Lamar is huge right now. But then you hear that even that swimming pool song, which is on like the 
normal pop hip hop station like mm-hmm. I was like what the fuck is this right. like this sounds like right. some straight like underground west coast shit I guess that's where he came from I, and um, that's why yeah like rap is really weird right now and it's cool like you can do really ballsy things yes. with rap still you can have a song that comes out that is really and truly just a kick drum a snare and a singer or like it's way more adventurous yeah sonically speaking right but yeah for sure like have you heard this guy Future no he's this rapper Future from Atlanta and every song he does he's on he has auto-tune every song but he raps and he's not saying anything particularly profound and he's not like a good rapper in like the good rapper way but he like his shit just sounds so weird and like the beats the beats are good and the way I can't really describe how he sounds he just kind of sounds like he kind of sounds like he's got this weird like goat it sounds okay. like a goat or something because he's, he's got auto-tune on his voice, but it's not doing a particular melody. Right. It just sounds strange. That always it sounds like me alien out, like, music, yeah. you know, and, and you just, yeah, you just think like, wow, this is like, this is what rap sounds like right now. And it's just like, just different. It's totally different. And I just feel like rock bands are kind of... I can't even think of a rock band that's coming out right now, really. Like, Yeah, it's tough. But I mean, I don't keep abreast of the rap stuff either. I've heard some of these people that we're talking about, but yeah, I can't think of a new rock band anyway. Yeah, that's real. What about tough. the new Tom York thing? Do you, I mean, you know, he was. One I heard of, one song. I he thought was, was once cool. one of your heroes. Yeah, I, you know, I still think they're good. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah it doesn't. It doesn't give me the same you know, chills in the like, same way that it once gave. But I mean, there's still songs even on that last record. There's songs on the there. King that of are like, one you yeah, mean? I mean, yeah. there's like two, three songs on there that are like, yeah, this is a fucking yeah. awesome yeah. song. You know, there's like, I don't think I could ever be like, yeah, they're. It fell off, but is it? They did not fall off. No, they did not fall off. But like, is there a point you think in someone's career where it's like they've done so much stuff that there's not that like urgency about what they're doing, and and you can't you can't get super excited about something that they did. Well, that probably comes from that's more like probably a function of them more than like. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not not you. I'm saying a function of their of their own making and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's hard to say because it's like. how long have they been making music? 20 years? Even longer, longer. maybe. I don't know. I mean, even like 10, 12 years into it, if I make music, if I write songs now, I feel like these songs are way better than the songs I wrote 10 years ago. But I can't put myself in the position of anyone who is going to listen to those songs and make that judgment. So Which brings back to the very beginning of the conversation. Right. You'd like someone that doesn't know you to hear your shit. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, I mean, like, good or not. with, like, a band like Radiohead, I mean, it's like, they probably feel like, man, this last record we put out is the best thing we've do ever done. Do they, or, or do you think they're just like, this is what we do every day, we go into the to the studio and we write? And man, work. I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't I don't know yeah. either. And I think about that within my own career. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And I don't, I feel like, at some point, it's not about, like, topping what you did before. It's, like, about you just kind of have to, like, have fun mm. with it. Thinking about that for my next record, like, this last one was super tight. I don't know if you heard it, even the Mumps album. Yeah. I mean, you're on it, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't send it to me yet, but I listened to it on the <laughs> sorry, internet. That's sorry. okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm not going to make something that is tighter than that. Like, I can't lyrically get tighter than that and, and trim the fat more than I did on that. Mm-hmm. I can't make sure we play shit as more precise than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. we scrutinized every fucking... It's the least sprawling of all of them, it's, for sure. Yeah, it's Yeah, totally, it's very economical and... Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that was intentional, and, like, I yeah. just didn't want to hear anything outside of 
the prescribed beat and the prescribed mm-hmm. and you know when I listen to that now I, I, I do wish at times like I wish there's just something that off the wall that came in right there or like you know but I think next I'm just gonna have to like not even worry about the, the reception or people you know what people think about what I'm doing and just have fun yeah like, well right yeah I mean that's yeah that's real crucial I mean I, I to go back to your approach I like that approach I'm starting to really enjoy albums that have where the, the songs don't necessarily have to sound too different from one another. I like that kind of. Like, yeah. I used to really reject that. Like, I used to have to feel like each song had to be, like, wildly different from the right. next one. And now I'm kind of like, I like when there's records where... John Wesley Harding. John That's Wesley one of my Harding. favorite about them, right? Totally. Like, yeah, all those songs sound almost exactly yeah. alike. Yeah. E.T. Aliens is another yeah. one. Or, like, that Lamb Chop is a woman record is like that. Like, you know, where every song pretty much kind of feels... Right. This this could only belong in a similar zone. Midnight Marauders, like right. You know, these all belong on this album. Yeah. Certain, but they have subtleties that are each that are different with each one. So I hear like what you're trying to do on the Mumps record, like that, where it's just like this is the sound, and these are the parameters, and what do we do within these parameters? And I think that that's really cool. You know, like I I I can appreciate that. But yeah, fuck man, have fun. Jesus. Right? Isn't that like... <laughs> it's like... I feel like with that one, I got so pent up. Now, I had some fun in the writing process. And, and I, you know, I enjoy... I like puzzles, and I enjoy getting in there with the lyrics and, like, you mm. know, the release. But, like, you know, once it got to the studio, it's like, I had already demoed that shit so precisely. It was just a chore, and it was just, like, a battle. I was just fighting myself and everyone else with my OCD mentality. And, like, I don't want to do that no more. I was yeah. like, I want to be collaborative. I want to work with other people and have fun with it. But there's a you know I, there's a time and place for that man there's 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 a place I, I, for look, I like the results of the album yeah. I'm not saying I don't I, yeah. I, I like the results of it but the process was just unnecessary and I got sick and I got and I'm not blaming the album for that in a way it's chicken or egg you right know? sure 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 but, yeah I liked I mean the way we did this record was I mean sh- I, you know there's <laughs> there's you go back to the expectation thing it's like there's like no pressure on it so we're just doing whatever we want to do yeah but we took a lot of time and I tried to be more meticulous than I had been in the past about sounds I, w- I wouldn't say I took it to an OCD type level but I took it to a level that it sounds great yeah I, I, I paid more attention to stuff yes. with, with each song we would go through and be like how's the hi-hat sound how does this cymbal sound? Let's yep. try a different snare. You know, that's stuff like that I hadn't really thought too hard about before. You know? Yeah. And it, I, I feel like it paid off. So it was a nice way to do it. But, it, you know, we were able to work at just like a pace that fit into everybody's schedule and yeah. real life. And I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm super excited about this record, but I'm excited about it in this way that is just different from I'm excited about it with no expectation which is cool I'd like to get it out because I want to stop wondering but no matter what happens I'm just really happy with the thing no one knows. I hope I hope it does well I hope it's received well what does that That's even mean I say I don't know I don't know <laughs> you know in this day and age I hope what does that a lot mean? Of money on it I can't see that as a possibility I just can't who knows man. I just don't I'm trying to think if we're going to play shows. I don't know. Those go hand in hand, really. Like, I've only been able to experience whatever success I've experienced from the work I put into it, you know. And it, it is about the, the specific music as well, I think, because certain of our stuff is done better than others. 
And I think a lot of times it does have to do with the kind of material it is or something, you know. But I think it also does have to do with putting all that effort in and touring a hell of a lot, which hmm. you may not want to do at this point. But that's yeah. not to say that that's the only way it works, because, you know, there's lots of stuff that pops off without, without yeah, that's what I'm wondering dudes about. in a van. Let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know, man. Yeah. Having not played some shows in a while, like, I'm frightening myself of how much I'm enjoying not. Yeah. Like, truly. Yeah. I'm truly enjoying not playing shows right now. Yeah. Well, you know? it's, it can be a stressful thing. Yeah. It, it can be a very stressful thing, and I'm less stressed out not playing out. And so, I don't know if that's, like, going to be, like, a permanent thing or what, but I just, like... Uh, I just like it, man. I like feeling more normal. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's like... I'm, I, I definitely, at some point, <laughs> will need to get into a home, some kind of home life as well. Yeah. I, I mean, like, home life, job life. I don't know, man. It's nice. Like, I've been painting a lot, and, like, I like it as much as music now. I like my non-music work for the first time ever. It makes making the music more fun yeah and less just less pressure on the whole thing do you, have you been do, just doing stuff for, for fun though like in the basement just a little bit I'm, I'm yeah I'm trying to like work up I'm still a long way away from where I want to be in terms of like a style and like yeah. all that stuff I think it's nice to do like the like mural stuff I've been doing you know where... I meant music but, but, I, but oh. I'm curious about the art too yeah it's, oh continue with the art oh well I, I was just gonna say like doing like mural stuff is a way to kind of get your chops good you know yeah. and like get these techniques down and even just like regular painting like painting a house or painting somebody's room or painting whatever it's like I've learned a whole new skill set I can use Are you it quit? practically you, uh, you knock shit out real quick yeah. yeah yeah okay and, like, it gives me experiences that I wouldn't have otherwise had. I, it's stable, and it's necessary. That's the other thing that's been a real relief in the last couple of years, is doing something that feels more necessary. Like, when you're a painter, like, people need that. Right. And when you do music... Dude, you, you gotta hear this song. Yeah, you feel like Neat. you're, you're yeah. forcing yourself on people, and that's your job. And you chose your job, and you're choosing your work to be this thing where you are always wanting people to tell you you're great and there's right. something kind of funny about that, you know? Absolutely. It's a funny thing. Not that music isn't necessary in people's lives, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, something utilitarian, something, utilitarian, something pedestrian, something concrete. Yeah. It just feels really good and it yeah. feels more like me and I feel like it's helped me to understand the things I needed to understand about myself that I wasn't understanding even a couple of years ago yeah you know not that long ago I felt super lost not directly because of music but because music and how I felt about myself as a result of my experiences in music that was so intertwined with how I felt about myself in general but you place too much of your self-worth in the in the hands of how the music, yeah, was, something was something like that, something, something like that, or even just how it affected your my dealings with people. It taints everything when your focus is so much about like, am I pleasing people and am I doing something that is liked, rather than do I just have a skill that is necessary and. I, or, you know, or, or just performing a task. Right, it's changing, it's changing services that. for yeah. money paid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's really refreshing and it's enabled me to 
like I say, just like learn more about myself. And in that, through that whole process, I've learned more about what I want and what I don't want from music. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, whether yeah, yeah whether sense. I don't know. So all the questions about like what the record is going to do and what it's not going to do is just it'll like, do I, what it does. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like I don't care, but I just care in a different way than I did before. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'll, I'll try what I need you're to not try. One, you're not going to. But I feel younger now than I did at. Uh, I'm 34, and I feel younger now than I did at 30. That's good. You know man. what I mean? Like, I feel like figuring way more out. invigorated and stuff like that. So, that, it's, yeah. Same here in a way, I think. You know, I'm. No, no. <laughs> Sometimes I go in yeah. and out of it. I go when you're at the gym. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's call it. Should we call it? That healthy? That's, he- that's a real healthy chunk. Situation in Syria or. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. What's going on. <laughs> I don't know. Cool, man. Well, this has been. Andrew Broder, Andy Broder, DJ Andrew from the uh, the Marriott lobby, and we're signing off. Get that light out of my face. I plead the fifth. You know you really don't got a case. And in any case, you're not even there. Thank you.